<laughs> so I uh, honestly, I hope I make sense. Of all this. So I've, I've, I've said I don't really preach. I'm just going to give you Jimmy thoughts. Just so it's going to be li- just kind of little things here. And I hope that at the end of this, really what I want to do is God just told me just to come and encourage everybody. Just come and, and I pray that you leave encouraged through some things that, you know, I'm going to use something that I know very well, my life, my own life, things that I've been through. Um, so one thing, just kind of to set the stage a little bit, give you a little glimpse into my life. Uh, Amanda, can we do that first, first slide? That is my son, Joshua. It's me and Gigi taking some pictures. Uh, so my son, he is 16 years old. Uh, he lives in Michigan with his mom. Uh, I love him so much, and you're going to you know, hear a lot about him today. Uh, next picture. Me and Gigi in the white. Love you, baby. That was 16 years ago. Uh, we got married, uh, I think I was 18. She was 19, and uh, just young and dumb. But No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we made it. We made, we made, we're making it still. Uh, so that was us on our wedding day. Next picture. This is us. This, to me, is just, this is my favorite, favorite picture. This says so much of who we really are. Uh, this was a Halloween party, harvest carnival, whatever you want to call it, that our church was having in Michigan. And we're like, let's dress up. And everybody was down for it. And we showed up, and we're the only ones that are dressed up. Everybody was too adult to dress up and, you know, have fun. But I didn't care. Nobody even recognized me. Uh, And Gigi, you know, it was awesome. Next slide. And then I wanted to throw in, I had to throw in something for Mia and Lily. Uh, This was a garage sale I was having. And uh, I still got them. Nobody even made an offer. Uh, But I love them so much. So that's a little glimpse into into my world and into just what, uh, <laughs> what God has done, you know, in the past 16 years and a little bit beyond that. But so I'm going to take you through a little journey of uh, just my family, my life, what's happened uh, between me and my son. And first thing that I want to do, though, because it could be real easy for me in the midst of this story, in the midst of, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you heartache that I've had, and a lot of it has birthed from the relationship that me and my son have had. Um, I want to start this with honoring my son and honoring his mom. I know, I know, and through the finished work, through everything that we learn here at the resting place, I know that however they have treated me, anything that they've done to hurt me, even though, yes, they made that choice, I know that it's not them. That is not the God that is in them. They are are misled of their true identity. They are not fully aware of who they really are in Christ. And so I have to separate myself from getting mad at what they're doing and make sure that I still love on them. And I can tell you that it's been a very hard thing to do for 16 years because there's been some things that have happened to me, and I may get into some of them, but there's been things that have happened to me through these relationships that have sucked. They've hurt so bad. They don't make sense. I've given so much love and, and at times received nothing in return. And one thing that God was showing me while we were praying this morning, he said, it's, it's not about who didn't love you. It's not about the people that hurt you. 
we, we sometimes we can hold on to that, and, and it guides our life. We live our life through that, uh, through that lens. We live our life through that lens of somebody hurting us, whether it's a past girlfriend, boyfriend, husband or wife, son or daughter, friend. And he said, it's not, it's not about who doesn't love you. We need to shift our focus to what our promises of who does love us. The one that never, ever, ever fails us, never forsakes us. The God of the universe who says no matter who or what leaves you, even when you don't love yourself, I'm here. I'm not leaving. This is the lens that I want you to see everybody through. I don't want you to operate out of your pain. I don't want you to operate out of your lack. I don't want you to operate out of what somebody did to you, operate about what I did for you and the ability that you have to do for others. That's where I want you to operate from. My own father, my biological father, for 35 years now, 34 years, 34, not 35 years, 34 years, almost lost one there. I've pursued him from when I was little, from when I was Mia's age, pursued him over and over again, wrote him letters, wondered why. Where are you? Why do you not want to know me? And for so long, that, that messed me up because I didn't understand how anybody could have a child and not want to love them. How anybody, how I could be giving so much and, any, and the few times when he would come around, I'm like, this is great, like, we're good. Like, why can't it always, even though I know you're not right here, you don't live in the same state, you don't, whatever, but we can still have this relationship. And as soon as he was gone, it was over. And I even, I wrote my dad at one point, I, I found him, <laughs> I found him on Google through something as he ran a, a real estate company. And I happened to, I Googled his name to see what would come up. My mom told me stories about, I don't know how true they are or not. My dad used to be in the cartels in Mexico and blah, blah, blah. And I, yeah, I know, right? I know. Just saying, for a pack of gummy bears, I can make you disappear. So, but I found him and I was like, I started writing this email to him. I was like, hey, Chago, like, found you online, like, you know, his name's Chago, (laughs) Santiago, (laughs) technically, but I was like, Chago, I found you, and and, just wondering how you're doing, I would tell him about my life, and this and that, and I wrote it all out, and then I was about to send it, and I was like, he needs to know how I feel, and I deleted it all, and I said, I'm sorry if I was a mistake. put on there and said, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. I've never gotten a story what happened between him and my mom. I don't really know. I know they grew apart. That was about it. They got divorced when I was very, very young. And, you know, I wrote this whole thing. I just kind of laid into him. And he responded to me. He was like, you were not a mistake. I'm sorry things didn't work out between me and your mom. And, but just know that I do care about you. And the story usually goes, it's always, and, you know, I'm going to come and see you soon. It made me feel really good. And then I never saw him. 
it wasn't until, you know, I, I went to Texas. I wanted him to meet my wife. And I still, I loved on him. And I have a half-brother and a half-sister, and I loved on them. And as I was thinking about this morning, I'm like, he doesn't deserve my love. Like, that's how I feel. Like, he doesn't deserve, I feel like I'm, I'm a good guy. Like, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I think so, anyways. And typically, people that are around me, you know, they, they tend to have a good time. Try not to be the Debbie Downer too often. Get all serious. Gigi knows this morning. She knew. I was getting, you know, I was kind of in the zone and, and just thinking about what's going on. And normally, it's kind of quiet. I should have music real light. And she turned the music on really loud this morning. I was like, you don't want me to talk to you, do you? And she was like, no, no, no. It's not that. I was like. You know I have a lot of thoughts about what's happening this morning, don't you? And this is where I'll lay it all out for her. And I was like, all right, you know what? We're just going to let the music, just let the music be in the room. But I felt like, you don't deserve me. Everything I've done, I've raised good children. I'm good to my wife. And God showed me. So I said, why in that moment, though? I love him. When I'm there, I love him. I love my brother and sister, my stepmom, who I barely even don't even really know her. It doesn't matter to me. I'm like, why, why God, do I love them so much in spite of what they've done? He was like, because that's my love through you. Because you don't focus on the hurt. You don't focus on what they've done to you. You just focus on what's been done for you, what was done on the cross. What I mean, how can... Jesus has gave everything. God gave his son. How can we do any less than to give, no matter who is on the other side of us, everything that we have? Everything that we have. And so even to this day, he could show up right now. And I would embrace him in my arms. And hope, hope that we could start from right here. And maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the time that something changes and we get to go a whole new life from here. That's up to him. If not, then what do I do? You know what? I'll wait for the next chance. And I'll wait for the next chance. Because, I mean, how many chances do we get? Does God ever say, all right, that's enough? I mean, the 50th time, Sandy, I'm sorry. Just let's move on to a different issue you have because I'm done with that one. He doesn't do that for a lifetime. He will never do that to you. He'll never focus on the wrong that you did. He's not punishing you for the wrong that you did. Let me put, put the, the scripture. This is kind of my the scripture that I... Uh, I, I'll say I loosely base this all around, you know, 1 Corinthians, uh, what was it, Ten thirteen, in the Passion. This one just really stuck out to me. We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you will face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more, 
For along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. I'm going to say this right now so that way hopefully I don't, if I get lost in my, my next story, uh, at least I said it once. The thing that God, when I was praying, asking God what to share about this morning and, and what I think is for the body and for, you know, people that are here right now, is to stop, stop letting your hurt, stop letting a past pain Keep God from speaking to you right now. There's things, and I, I've seen this in the body so much. I've seen this in my own life. That things that have hurt me from church, things that have hurt me from family, things that have hurt me from relationships. I see when God presents something in front of me, and my initial thought is, but what about when that happened? To me, that is one of the most dangerous things that a believer can do. That's one of the most dangerous things that you can do in your life because there might be gold in the middle of your storm. There might be a diamond waiting for you, getting ready to be handed to you, but because you're hurt, I don't want to negate that there's pain. I'm not saying that we're not allowed to feel and we're not allowed to process, but when that process stops, God from extending his hand, then yeah, it's time to cut it out. It's time to, you can still grab this. Me and my wife, I met Gigi, which actually, I met Gilda, because that's how she was, introduced herself to me. And I will say that I love, I call her Gilda more. I say Gigi more for your reference because not, not everybody knows her as Gilda yet. They do now. Yeah, they do now. <laughs> so I was in my hometown in Zealand, Michigan, which was a very small town. Uh, I went to school there in Zealand from third grade all the way till I uh, was supposed to graduate. Um, and I knew everybody. Like, one way or another, I mean, I knew everybody. It wasn't a very big school. Um, I did get in a little bit of trouble my, I don't know, like sophomore year or so, and I had to, I went got homeschooled for a couple years, and then I just got so, I just wanted to be with my friends again. I just wanted to be with my friends, so I, come, I was like, I'm going back my senior year, and I can hang out, be at school. I was bored at home by myself, and I promised, I promised my youth pastor, that's how I said, I'm not even, girls are not even on my radar right now. I want nothing to do with them. I said, I promise you, his name was Marquise. It's like, Pastor Marquise, I promise you. And his wife was standing there with him. She's like, Jimmy, better not get in trouble. Don't talk to no girls. Go do your work. Get your diploma. Get out of there. I said, that's all I want. He said, I don't, I don't even want to look at any girls. Because I was going through some serious trauma at that time. Just before I did go back to school, a lot of things happened in that one year of my life. My son's mom, who I was living with at 16, got pregnant. And God, I was living with her, and God, for the, this is the first time I remember, he audibly spoke to me. I was sitting in, her, in, in their computer room, <laughs> in their computer room. We don't have computer rooms anymore. 
I was sitting in their computer room on their Packard Bell. <laughs> and I was looking up cars, which I still do. I was just looking up at cars that I can't afford. And I was pretty sure that I was the only one home. And all of a sudden I said, I hear this voice saying, you know you're not right and you need to go home. I started looking around. I was like, maybe it was her dad. And I was like, dang, her dad's kicking me out right now. He's waiting until everybody was gone. He's going to throw me out of his house. Nobody was there, so I just kept going. And I heard it again. You know you're not right. You need to go home. And I instantly knew that that was God talking to me. And I just started crying. And my son's mom came home, and I told her, I said, hey, and Gigi knows all of this. And I told her, I said, hey, I still care about you. I still want to be with you. At that time, I was like, I got something to pray. I need to make this right. So, you know, I don't want to be like my dad. I was going to let a hurt that happened to me cause me to get into an even deeper of a situation because I so badly didn't want to be like that. So I was planning on marrying this girl. And I told her, I said, but we got to do this the right way. We got to do this the right way, and we need to, I got to go home. That we're not married. Can't, we shouldn't be living together. Said, so I'm going to go home. Okay, yeah. That's, I agree. I was like, great. I was like, this absolutely was God. Just because I heard God and I was reacting one way doesn't mean the person on the other side of that conversation is always going to react the same way. We are responsible for what we do with God tells us and that we got to trust him with the rest we got to trust him not not try and manipulate God's word in other people's life because then we end up changing what we're doing we end up changing what God actually told us to do so maybe well I don't I don't think that my wife would really like this so maybe I'll I'll shift it a little bit or maybe my pastor you know God's telling me you know to go out this way or to branch out this way but you know it doesn't totally line up with the house or with this or maybe what he thinks of me. So maybe God is telling me to do this. What is God telling you to do? Period. What is God, the creator of the universe, what is he telling you to do? Not what your hurt, not what your fear, not what your anxiety. What is he telling you? Why are we elevating that stuff over what God told us to do? So I left, got out, and it was shortly after that that my son's mom told me, you know what, I never loved you anyways. It's not even your kid. I'm done with you, just you're out of my life. That's the trauma that I was going through going into school and why I promised I want nothing to do with females right now. Because at that moment in my life, it didn't make no sense to me, and they were putting me through a whole lot of pain. Pain that I did not understand at 16 years old. Pain that I do not wish upon any young person here. That is something that you do not need to go through. That is something that you, that, that is a mountain that you do not need to conquer. Be a kid, be a young adult, be with your friends. I got so wrapped up. This is a total rabbit trail. I got so wrapped up in girls. I got so wrapped up in a girlfriend 
that I let it consume my life, and it almost killed me. And it set my life on a course for the next, I'm at 16 years. My son's going to be a part of my life forever. So this is something that is affecting me forever. The decisions that you make now carry so much more weight than you know. And I just want to say that if ever there is a moment where you find yourself at the crossroad of one of those decisions, find somebody. Find somebody. Call me. Any leader in this church, I dare say almost any adult in this church, would rather you stop and bug them than potentially make a decision that is going to set your life on a course that might not be that happy. So, get to school. Try and lighten this up a little bit here. I get to school. <laughs> and so I have my classes. Like I said, I'm going to be honest. Like, I didn't really care about the class. I just wanted to go and hang out. So I'm just writing up whatever class I can. They say, oh, you need another elective. And this was super last minute. So I'm going. I'm looking through the electives. I'm like, what? There was nothing that interested me. All right, so I just put Whatever, intro to lit, I'll do that one. It, it happened to be in the time slot that I needed. Now, this might, not, this might shed a light on me that I don't want it to, but I didn't know what intro to lit was. I did not put it together that it was intro to literature and you read a book every week. I do not like reading, I'll be honest. The reading is hard for me. I've never been a huge fan of reading, especially a book a week for a grade. Yeah, so I get into this class, and I'm like, this is not what I thought it was. Like, I've, I got to get out of here. And I'm sitting down, and like I said, I knew pretty much everybody, but, man, I look over on the other side of the room. I'm like, who is that? <laughs> I was like, that's a girl I do not know. But I made a promise. I made a promise I'm not, I'm going through enough drama in my life right now. I made a promise. Well, that promise got me an F in intro to literature because I was not reading the books, but I couldn't get out of that class because that was the only in that I had to potentially talking to this woman. Because against popular belief, or what it says on Facebook, I was not the ladies' man and super confident person that I am now. <laughs> I was actually pretty scared of talking to girls <laughs> that I didn't know. And there was one I didn't know. So I sat in the class, and every week my teacher, he would uh, he'd rearrange our seats. But he'd put it in the computer, it'd spit out a new seating arrangement. So I was like, this is my chance, because I can't just go up and talk to her. That's ridiculous. So I kept waiting, and it took, it was here three or four times. And I'm like, I'm just getting deeper and deeper in my F in this class. Like, I, it's not getting any better. Like, I need to be able to talk to her so I can just transfer out of here. So finally, we're sitting there. He does the seating arrangements, and it puts me down, you know, in my seat. And it would go all just random. So it put me in my seat, and I legitimately, I'm like, God, please. This is all I got. So it goes, every, all the seats on this side of me, 
Gigi's not there. All the seats on this side of me, Gigi's not there. Comes up behind me, she's not there. So I'm like, I got one last chance. And I literally, I said, I'm like, God, right now, please put her right there. And they said, whatever the seat was, Gilda Borrego, there's, or, sorry, it wasn't Borrego at that time. I was prophesying. No, uh, Gilda Garza. <laughs> Gilda Garza sat right in front of me. And I was like, prayer works. I will never doubt prayer ever again in my life. I know that it works. And she sat right in front of me. Now what? I had no game. I had nothing. So I asked her for a pencil. I had a book full of junk, I mean, pens, pencils, whatever. I'm like, hey, uh, excuse me. Do you have a pencil I could borrow? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. She gives me a pencil. Thank you. I got nothing. So I sat there and I said, God, there's some, this is an honest prayer. I'm praying in class. God, I got nothing else to say to her. You're going to have to make her talk to me because I don't know what else to say. And as soon as I said amen in my head, no lie, no exaggeration, she turns around and says, aren't you a drummer? I'm like, yes, I am. I am. How do you know this? Yeah. Said, oh, I saw you at your youth group playing the drums. I was there with my boyfriend. Oh. Well, this dude's got to go. And so, long story long, uh, you know, me and Gigi, we, I knew she was the one. I knew it. No lie. I told her two weeks after we met, that you love me, you just don't know it yet. She still had a boyfriend at the time. I had a baby on the way. And I said, you love me, you just don't know it yet. And I was right. What if I didn't give her my yes because of the pain that was going on in my life? What if because of what I was going, the uncertainty of knowing if I even had a son. First time I met my son was in the room while we were getting our DNA swabbed. First time I held my son was there to see if he was even mine. That was a lot, a lot for me to take on in my life. And I could have easily said no. I don't care that I felt God telling me that she's the one. I told the youth this the other day. I said, the moment when I absolutely knew, no lie. I didn't have a car, so she was driving me around senior year. But I'd clean it for her. When she was in class, I'd take it and I'd clean it. The first time I was in her car, though, I reached under and <laughs> another thing we don't have now. She had her book of CDs. And I pulled them out and it was Kurt Franklin, Fred Hammond. T-bone, all this stuff that I was like, this is what you listen to? She's like, yeah. Like, she was for real. She wasn't just talking this game of being a Christian. Like, it really was who she is. 
And from that moment, I knew, I said, this is wifey right here. Like, I've got to get rid of this other guy. But I knew, and this is what I want to see stop in the body. See, it says right here, he will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test and trial so that way you can bear it. He already screened the severity of what I was going through and knew Jimmy can, take, Jimmy can do this. Now, if I wasn't able to handle my wife coming into my life at 17 years old in the midst of me going through this junk, I would have met her. I firmly believe, and according to this, then I would have met her later when I was able to accept her into my life, when I was able to pursue her, which she made me do for a while. <laughs> Kicked me out of her car. Called, Stop holding my hand. I was like, but you love me. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> you still love me, don't you? My pain didn't stop me from my future. My pain, the severity of my test and my trial did not stop me going forward. Gigi can attest to that. That test and trial, it's still going. My son does not talk to me right now. I give him everything I got. I message him constantly. I love him so much. I want to give him the world. But he's letting what happened to him interfere with our relationship. He's letting the pain that he's gone through stop this relationship. I was not going to let the pain of what was going on in my life stop me from my bride. Because if this would have stopped, we never would have been in Florida. Gigi would have never started playing piano. We wouldn't have done it together. We wouldn't be here. Pain wants to stop you. Tests and trials want to stop you dead in your tracks from the gold that God is putting in front of you. But I, I, I take so much comfort in that he filters. Just please hear this. He filters the severity, the nature, and the timing of every test and trial. God is doing that for you. You don't have to. He knows what's going to be put in front of you. You don't got to worry about, is this the right time? He's taken that burden. He knows you. He knows how much he can put on your back. Right now, there's so many people that are stopping themselves, I believe, in ministry because of what happened before. There's so many people stopping themselves from falling in love with the next season that God has because the last season hurt them so much. And that's really what he's asking you to do. You know what? I did. I thought I was in love with my son's mom. And there was times when I was like, I, did, I loved her. 
I cared for her. I would have protected her. Would that have been right for me to withhold what I have now? Because that one hurt me so bad? Look at all the things I would have missed. 16 years. Some ups, some downs. Man, 16 years, I would not trade this for the world. Mia and Lily, man, those girls, they can get on my nerves sometimes. But I can't even imagine my life without them. I can't even imagine not being here right now, not being in Florida. Every step of the way saying, God, what do you want me to do? Starting this church. I could have let so much pain from my past stop me from doing this. I could have let so much pain in my past, so many things come against me and say, you know what? It's probably going to be like last time. It's probably going to be like this other church. It's probably you're going to end up, maybe you're going to end up being the pastor that hurts people. That's a good enough reason for me because I don't want to hurt none of y'all. But what did I do? What is the gold? What did God say? Period. And the reason that I can stake my life on that is because according to his word, he's already screened the severity, the timing, and the nature of what I'm about to go through in this season. And he still said, here, take it. What is he telling you to take? What is he trying to hand you right now that this wall that you've created is stopping you from reaching out to the Father and saying, yeah, I'll take it. But then are you taking it with conditions? Okay, I'll take it. But because this happened to me last time, I'm gonna, I'm, I might wait a little bit. Or maybe, maybe I'll only serve in this area. And I know I'm talking about church, but this is, let's get away from you. I'll say with my wife, okay, I'll love again. But I'm going to make sure that I don't let you hurt me the way she hurt me. So I'm only going to give you about 70% of my love. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not He never, never restricts his love from us. Not a percent. Not the tiniest bit. So I want to say to you right now, and Sandy, you can come on up wherever you are. There you are. What, what is God handing you in this season? What is God handing you right now that you might be letting a hurt stop you from taking? Because I can say from experience, from my wife to standing here in front of all of you, the gift is always good. The gift is always amazing. And whatever it is, I promise you, because I stand on the word, I promise you, you can handle it. If he's presenting it to you, then it's your time. If he's presenting that person to you, then it's your time. You don't even got to question it. Because when you question it, honestly, then you're questioning God. Because he knows what you can handle. He's already put it through his filter of, are you okay to deal with this right now? And so by doing that, he says, I've got your back. 
I'm going to hold you. Is there still going to be rough times? Is there still rough times right now in our marriage and in my relationship with my son? Absolutely. But I get to stand on, he gave this to me. He gave this to me. There's, there's been times that me and Gigi, I mean, we wanted to walk away. We both looked at each other and said, I'm done. And then I look, I say, but God gave you to me. He put us together so he knows that we can get through this. He knows that we're strong enough to get through this. Right now, what is that thing? That's what I want you to focus on. If there is something in your life that you just can't get over that hump, the rest, they're going to pray with you. They're going to pray with you, and they're going to believe that right now that you will have every bit of encouragement, every bit of God's got this. It is a good gift because I don't want to see anybody stopped from their future. I don't want to see anybody stopped from the next love gift that God has for them. So I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening to my, my little bit of my story.